Hi, I'm your host, Joël Charrière, and you're listening to Disconnect, the outdoor education podcast. If you're a teacher who wants to explore ways to bring your students outside, or maybe you teach and you just simply want to bring your class outdoors, maybe you're a camp counselor, camp director, or even an interested parent, well, this show is for you. Over the life of this podcast, I will aim to define outdoor ed, discuss its purpose, and, well, its role in 2020. I hope to speak with people who have interesting things to say in the field of outdoor or place-based education, as well as give you tools, ideas, and knowledge to get your kids outside. Along with that, well, we'll talk about some of the challenges that come with it all. Today's episode is called Identity Crisis, Defining Outdoor Education in 2020. It seems like when I was a kid, outdoor ed was, well, not a thing. I mean, it likely was. I just get the impression that we didn't really think of it as being such an important topic. I think we took for granted that kids just played outside and that at the end of the day, a dirty, muddy kid was a happy kid. Such a simple conclusion. In 1985, I was born and, well, so was the original Nintendo Entertainment System. I got one when I was about eight, and sure, it was fun, but to me at least, the Nintendo simply couldn't compete with the thrill of flying down the sidewalk on a rickety bike with cards rattling through the spokes and slamming the pedal back, locking out the rear wheel, and doing some sweet fishtail drifts, of course, with the occasional scuffed knee. Now looking back, I don't know that we really saw what was coming, or really how fast it would get here. Fast forward to 2020, and I don't see kids on the street as much. Come to think of it, I don't remember the last time I saw a band of 10-year-olds take over the sidewalk, and I miss that. In fact, I live in a school zone, and the schoolyard is within eyeshot of my house. I see more dog owners playing fetch with the pups than I do children playing in the schoolyard or on the structures. I'm nostalgic for the Wayne's World type of traffic-interrupting street hockey game followed by the mandatory GAME ON once the cars had passed. Why does this matter, though? Well, it matters because at no point in time have kids felt so anxious. Never before have kids been so depressed, overworked, overscheduled. Now add to that undersleeping, underactive, overmedicated... The list of overs and unders goes on, and I can't help but think that there must be a connection between the amount of time that kids spend outdoors and some of the things that they are experiencing. Kids now know so much more about the world than at least I did at their age, but they've experienced so much less of it. I don't mean that they haven't traveled. They've likely traveled much more than we did at their age, but they haven't experienced their world. Many haven't felt sand or mud between their toes. Most haven't been outside in the rain and felt raindrops on their skin. And many can't tell you about that delicious, musty, earthy smell that comes after the storm. There's a disconnect between what their mind knows about the world and what their body has felt in the world. They know facts, but most lack the intuitive understanding of natural phenomena that comes from simply spending time outside. They know the world in a show-and-tell kind of way, but my goal is to help you to get your kids to reconnect with nature, 
to reignite their senses, all of their senses. A quick note about me. I'm an outdoor education and science teacher in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. I have written an outdoor education curriculum that has now been adopted by multiple schools in my city. I'm a former canoe guide, former paramedic, but my most important job is that of being a dad. Being a dad gave me the perspective that I certainly didn't have before and served as that extra gust of wind in my sails to finally undertake this podcast project that I've been thinking about for admittedly much too long. But enough about me. Let's begin. So welcome again to the very first episode of Disconnect to the Outdoor Education Podcast. I decided to call this episode Identity Crisis because I really don't know exactly where outdoor education is going in 2020. Uh, I, I feel that, as I mentioned in the introduction, there's a disconnect between what the kids know and what they feel or what they've experienced, but I also think that there's a disconnect between the way that we have grown up with outdoor education and we're having a hard time getting past that in developing curricula or programming for the, the next generation of students and what that's going to mean for them in terms of their outdoor education. So just right off the hop, I want to define what is outdoor education for the purposes of this podcast. First of all, I will not stick to the kind of old Boy Scouts model of outdoor education being the skills heavy, um, you know, merit badges and strictly, um, well, I guess, yeah, strictly skills. I, I won't stick to that for the purposes of this podcast. I want to explore a much more diverse range of, of, of things that we can do with students. And I want to look at a more holistic aspect that could be incorporated across an entire school as opposed to just being the token outdoor education course. Example, perhaps you're, uh, you're teaching poetry with uh, younger students and you take them outside and you say, you know what, we're going to go out for a walk in the park and I'm going to give you a few minutes to reignite your senses. Let's listen to the birds. Let's listen to the wind in the trees. Let's look at the birds in the sky. Find a leaf, find something that triggers an emotion and that's what you're going to use to write your poem. I will consider that outdoor ed for the purposes of this podcast. So it's not skills. It's not anything other than simply getting outside and reconnecting with nature. Another example, though, is maybe a more traditional, but uh, very, very likely happens all the time in, in where I'm from. Likely to happen elsewhere also is that you might have too many students for your gym space. And so you end up having to run some of your outdoor ed courses or some of your gym courses rather outside. And it kind of gets lumped into this outdoor ed model. So you might just play games and uh, that's okay. But my question to you is, are you playing the same games and are you encouraging students to think about what's actually happening in their natural, in the, in the natural, in the environment that's surrounding them? So I want to take us away from the old Boy Scouts model, which, by the way, I have absolutely nothing against. I myself was a Boy Scout when I was a kid. Uh, my dad was my scout leader. Uh, I, I had great experiences that definitely were uh, formative for me when I was younger than that stuck with me and that are likely a part of the reason why I'm doing exactly what I'm doing today. Um, and, and I, and I want to say that there's also a lot of merit to the old system. Uh, we'll get into that in a, in a few minutes, 
But uh, I think that we have to reimagine it. I think Boy Scouts still has a place. I think that it, it needs to keep happening. I don't know that that space is necessarily in the school. Again, that'll be the topic of a whole other episode. But is it still relevant? Yes, it's very relevant. In fact, I would say it's more relevant now than it ever has been. And, uh, you know, I've got my phone here in front of me and I'm looking at a, a study that came out of the Cornell University. Uh, what do they call it? The Cornell Chronicle. This came out two weeks ago, February 25th. Spending time in nature reduces stress, research finds. And there's no shortage of, of headlines like this. You know, I'll pull up my... I've got about a list of 100 articles I've been <laughs> trying to pour over, but I'll get to that eventually. I've got things, you know, like Richard Louvre, uh, a journalist, coined the term nature deficit disorder. I've got things like uh, an article here named uh, Just What the Doctor Ordered, and it's about getting kids to go spend time outside. Another one, His Cure is a Walk in the Park. Go play outside. The world needs the spiritual benefit kids get from spending time in nature. Long and story short, you know, there's no, no, no shortage of, uh, of articles trying to say that kids need to be outside more. So, yes, it is relevant. The real question is who's willing to foot the bill. And in Canada, at least in Manitoba, where education is mostly almost entirely public and, and taxpayer funded, are we willing to foot the bill for that? I hope we are. This might not be the case where you are. Maybe you're in a private school. But anyhow... Those will all be topics of upcoming episodes. Another one of the things that I want to look at is the idea that we're asking more and more from our students. Uh, we're asking them to study more. We're, uh, we're over-scheduling them. They've got more extracurriculars. I've got kids who are scheduled till 10 p.m. every single night. And the reality is, it's almost like we're stuck in this trench of if we schedule them more and we ask more of them and we tell them to study more, you know, they'll get the results we want. And it's this pervasive attitude of, of being driven by success that seems to be at the root, at least in my opinion, at the root of uh, some of the anxiety that I'm seeing in some of my students. And without disclosing more information than I should be, uh, every year the students fill out these surveys and, and at my school it comes back that our students are feeling a higher than average level of anxiety and um, my school also happens to be in a fairly affluent area where parents are impressively, at least, uh, career-driven and, 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 and driven by results. So the old adage, and I'm sure you've heard it before, is that you, know, you can't do the same thing over and over and expect different results. And I, I fear that we're going that direction when it comes to schooling. We're saying, do more homework, do more drills, do more practice, uh, less time outside, less recess, less this, less less extra or not extra curriculars, but less uh, you know downtime activities unstructured time is the word i'm looking for and and we're expecting kids to just get better and to to you know see these results as being you know the be all and end all and that they'll just be happy with those results unfortunately that just hasn't been the case so my question is is there a better way and i really do think there is if we look at the, the basic model of a, of a Finnish school, the Finnish school starts grade one, ends in grade nine, goes from seven to 16, seven to 16. Uh, kids here will start school at four and a half or five, seven years old. People would say, oh, but you've missed on all of these, all of these precious years of, of learning. And, you know, they're like sponges when they're younger. But the reality is, Maybe they should be learning different things. Maybe they should be playing with friends. Maybe they should be outside. Anyhow, back to the Finnish school system. 
uh, teachers are very well paid. They have plenty of recess time. Uh, there's not as much emphasis placed on homework and tests and standardized testing as there is, at least in North America. And they seem to be producing exceptionally great results. Now, is there a demographic different? That could definitely be a part of it. But the reality is they have a model that seems to work for them. And I think that that warrants exploring. So I think that there is a better way. And I think that that better way starts with all of us as teachers, as camp counselors, as parents, letting our kids be outside. And I think that you know, as a parent here, I'm going to put my parent hat on. If I had a, my, my child had a, a teacher that would, you know, bring their kids outside, I would give them a pat on the back and say, thank you. Thank you for doing what I think is the right thing. Because, you know, my kid will never, ever look back to their childhood years and say, man, I loved that homework. Or, man, I wish I'd had more homework. But they will look back and say, man, do you remember that time where we went outside and we saw that hawk fly by? And then our teacher said, can you write a poem about that hawk? And it was just the coolest thing. And, you know, you're going to have one kid who's going to come back and write you a poem about how the hawk swooped down and and caught a mouse. And another kid who's just going to talk about how graceful it was in flight. And that's the beauty of it. Each one of those kids is going to remember that event in a completely unique way. So I think that there is a better way. And it all begins with us taking our kids outside and giving them that unstructured time and giving them that opportunity to just be out in nature while they are doing other things. Anyhow, a snapshot of what's to come on the podcast. Today's episode uh, is a little bit different. It's, uh, it's, it's really just trying to flesh out what is outdoor ed for the purposes of this podcast. So episodes to come are where does outdoor ed belong does it belong in the school does it belong in public schools taxpayer funded public schools does it belong in camps does it belong in private organizations like the scouts or the guides um so we'll we'll be talking about that in one episode um we'll also be looking at what does a outdoor education classroom look like and here we can talk about different things such as the actual you know the outdoor ed classroom For example, I teach a full outdoor ed course. My classroom is going to be very different than somebody who teaches English and wants to take their students outside. That's okay. Uh, But we'll talk about that in one episode. And also some of the challenges. You know, in, in some ways, teaching outdoor ed is almost like trying to fit a square peg in a round hole when you're teaching it in the, in the public education system. And the curriculum that I've written that has been adopted by a couple schools is not exactly what I would like it to be. And that's okay. It's a means to an end for now. But the reality is we are forced to focus on certain things. And so the old model of the Boy Scouts with the skills, etc., is the prevalent idea still, at least in Manitoba. Because we are forced to assess skills. You know, I can't just say I'm going to take kids outside and, and get them to understand or to grow and develop an appreciation for being outside. They're going to say, okay, but can I see the learning? What, what's the assessments? So there's still a lot of skills involved in the course. Um, as I mentioned, I myself was a Boy Scout. I'm not opposed to the skills. In fact, I, I love them. I, I love playing with rope and tying knots and teaching kids how to canoe. But uh, it is one of the challenges because I'm going to get kids who have vastly different levels, skill levels, some kids who've gone on, on uh, week-long camping trips and some kids who've simply never left the city. So it is a challenge. But we'll, ex- we'll explore those things in, in uh, podcasts or episodes to come. So 
Meanwhile, I'm going to uh, end the episode here, but I'll leave you with a question. What do you do with your school, with your class, with your scouting group? What do you do to get kids to reignite their senses? Uh, send me an answer. Disconnect podcast at protonmail.com. That's all one word. Disconnect podcast at protonmail.com. I promise I will read every single one of them. And uh, as long as I have time, I will also answer every single one of them. If you are comfortable and you want to uh, say something on the show, then send me a, you know, a little voice memo and I can include that question and maybe I can even answer it on the next episode. So thanks for listening to Disconnect, the Outdoor Education Podcast. Please subscribe, share, it to your, share, share this podcast with your friends, your colleagues, everybody. Um, as many people as we can get listening to this will help me continue kind of exploring this topic of outdoor ed so thank you for being with me today and i look forward to uh, hearing your questions or your answers to my question i am joel charrier i was pleased to spend this time with you and have a great day